Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. And of course, a happy Father's Day uh, to all the dads in the house. Isn't it great to be called a father, guys? Isn't that great? What a, what a privilege that is, you know? Uh, you may have all kinds of titles. You may have PhDs hanging on the end of your name or C-level leaders or VPs or CEOs or anything like that, but there's nothing like being called dad. And uh, the longer I live, the more how much I appreciate that while a lot of people can call me pastor, anybody can call me uh, by my name, only two people can call me dad uh, on the planet. And it's a real honor and a blessing to be a dad. And, and it's not easy to be a dad, right? Because guys, just when you think you've kind of got this stage figured out, then they, they move on. They move on to another stage and you don't know how to be a father at that stage. And so you're constantly trying to catch up and figure out what does it look like to be a dad in this stage of life. And so it's a constant pursuit and yet it's a constant joy. And I tell you what, to have dads that are here in the house, Dads, it could be anywhere. You could be out on the, you know, at the lake or on the golf course or anywhere you wanted to be today, but you chose to be here with your family. You are truly heroes. You're truly leaders. We need more of you and we are thankful for you. So can we give it up one more time for these dads in the house? All right, so I want you to get your Bible, open up to Proverbs uh, chapter four. It's where we're gonna be today, Proverbs chapter four. The uh, title of the message today is A Father's Voice, Proverbs 4. You know, we've talked about how important fathers are, and we're seeing even now in our country the desperate need for fathers, fathers that are engaged, fathers that love their kids, that love well, lead well, and are engaged in their families. And it really kind of goes without saying that we need fathers, no matter what anybody says to the contrary, we need godly, masculine men leading their families. That's what we need. And when, when fathers engage at that level, the families are rooted and they are blessed. And when fathers are not there, the families suffer. And of course, you've seen many of the uh, the statistics, but the Child and Family Research Partnership out of Austin recently did an infographic I thought was interesting and telling, really. Here, here it is. It talks about how dads make a big difference. And when dads are in the home, when dads are engaged, uh, their families, 39% are more likely to earn mostly all A's in school. 45% less likely to repeat a grade. When dads are there, 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled from school. Twice as likely to go to college, to find stable employment after high school. 75% less likely to have a teen birth. 80% less likely to spend time in jail. This is just the impact of fathers. In fact, psychologists actually have a term for this now. For the impact, all these numbers, and there are, of course, many more, they call it the father effect. The father effect. When the fathers are there, when the fathers are engaged, when the fathers are loving and leading well, they have a profound impact on their children. And let me just say this, dads, there, are, there is one primary tool on your fathering tool belt that I think has the greatest impact. One tool on your tool belt that has the greatest impact, and that is what I call the Father's voice. The Father's 
voice. When you're speaking into your children's life, it makes an impact. Carrie Casey is a pastor in inner city Chicago. He also uh, is a chaplain for many professional teams, sport teams. He was the CEO of the National Center for Fathering. He went on to be the founder of Championship Fathering. And he goes across the country speaking to dads about how to be a championship father. And he says there are three things that a championship father does. Real quickly, one is a championship father loves his children. Number two, a championship father models for their children how to live life. But this last one really caught my attention. He said a championship father is one that coaches their children with wisdom. That's the father's voice. To speak into your children at every stage of their life. Not just when they're young, but all the way through adulthood. Always speaking into their children's life. Listen, fathers. You have a voice. And there is no voice like your voice. Your voice carries. Your voice stands apart from the crowd and all the voices that your children hear and are exposed to. Your voice makes an impact. Your voice lingers. And let me just say this, your voice will be heard long after you are gone. The things that you say will linger in their hearts. Now listen, maybe you had a, a father that didn't really speak life into you, didn't really speak encouragement into you, or certainly didn't speak godly things into you. Uh, that may be true, and that, that grieves my heart uh, for you. But here's what I want you to understand, is that God intended every father to use his voice to build up his children and to point them to Christ. And if you're a father in the room today, or you're a father watching online, God has given you a voice. And you're to use it to build up and to steer your kids. In fact, I'd like to say it this way. A father's voice is like the rudder of a ship. And it steers your children away from danger and toward life. That's what your voice does. It is a rudder on the ship that steers your children away from danger and toward life. And what you're going to find in Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to look at this whole chapter. All right, we're going to dig into it today. And what you're going to hear is a father's voice steering his child, steering his son, right? Away from danger and toward life. In fact, what you're going to find in here is in his fathering voice, he's going to give three life lessons, important life lessons. And by the way, dads, this is great to write down for you to reiterate to your own children in your own voice these three important, vital life lessons. Now, what you're also going to find is that there are three parts of this chapter where he constantly comes back to, to warn and to call his son or his daughter to listen to him, all right? To listen. It's a repeated refrain to listen, 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 because the father is speaking. So let's look at it now. Proverbs chapter 4, uh, beginning at verse 1. Uh, this is the word of God. Listen, sons, to a father's discipline and pay attention so that you may gain understanding for I am giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and precious to my mother, he taught me and said, your heart must hold to my words. Keep my commands and live. Now stop right there for a minute. This is the first call to listen. Listen. 
In fact, uh, the word listen here at the very beginning of verse 1, it's interesting, it's the Hebrew word Shema. I don't know if that means anything to you, but the Shema was a verse in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, where you said, hear, O Lord, your God, the Lord is one. All right, it was called the Shema, which means to listen or to hear. And so it's the same word he's using here. It means to listen with an intent to understand and listen with an intent to obey, right? Not every kid listens with the intent to obey, correct? Right, sometimes it goes in one ear and what? Beep, out the other, right? But he's like, hey, don't just let this pass through. Listen, my son, to what I'm telling you. I, I'm giving you something. Well, what is it that he's sharing with his son? Well, look at it. Verse 3, when I was a son on oh, my father, uh, with my father, tender and precious to my mother, he taught me. In other words, what he's doing is he's telling his children what his father taught him. His father taught him wisdom and his father taught him about life and about money and friends and sex and marriage and all these kinds of things of life. And he said, listen, because I'm going to take what my father has given me and I'm going to give it to you. So listen to what I'm telling you. Now let me just pause here for just a minute with a little application point, And that is this. Hey, dads, uh, never stop speaking into your kids. Never stop speaking into your sons and into your daughters. You, you may sometimes feel like, well, I don't know that I really know what to say, or I'm not really sure that I have anything to contribute, or, you know, they're grown now, and they don't need me anymore, and they're on their own. Maybe when, I would, when they were younger and they were dependent on me, they would listen to me, but ah, now they got their own life. They don't need me anymore. You're wrong. They always need their father's voice. They need you to encourage them. They need you to, to uh, come alongside them. They need you to help them. Sometimes they need to be a sounding, you, you to be a sounding board for them. They certainly need you to always point them toward Jesus and to point them toward Scripture. So never be silent, fathers. This is your voice, and they need to hear your voice. On the flip-flop, let me just say this. Uh, sons and daughters, are there any sons and daughters in the house? Uh, a tricky preacher, right? That's right, all of us are sons and daughters. So, hey, listen, listen to your father's voice. You may say, well, you don't understand. My dad, you know, he's, he's kind of outdated. My dad, he's not really got it together. My dad, la, la, la. Okay, listen, maybe that's true. But God has given you a father and you need to listen to his voice. He's there for your good. He's there for your good. So here's his father, and he's just telling his son, listen, listen, listen to me. And now he's about to give him the first life lesson. So jot this down, very important. Life lesson number one is get godly wisdom. Look at verse five. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom, and she will watch over you. Love her, and she will guard you. Wisdom is supreme. So get wisdom, and whatever else you get, get understanding, cherish her, and she will exalt you. If you embrace her, she will honor you. She will place a garland of favor on your head, and she will give you a crown of beauty. What is he saying? He's saying, here, listen to what I'm saying, get wisdom, get godly wisdom. 
I love it. Verse five, get wisdom. Verse seven, get wisdom. Whatever else you get, get understanding. You know, when kids are little, it's all about getting, right? Mommy, can I have that toy? Can I get that piece of candy? Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I get, 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 get? Their hand just naturally does this, right? Just, I want, I want, I want. And then they get a little bit older and I, I, I want to get on that ball team and I want to get on that dance squad and I want to, I want to make cheerleader and I want to make uh, this, this thing in school and I want to get this. And then they get a little older. And I want to get that degree and I want to get that job and I want to get that married person or that person to marry and I want to, I want to get all these things and I, I want to get that promotion I want to get that bigger house I want to get it just get 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 and he's saying listen in all you're getting get wisdom that's really what you need I mean all this other stuff comes and goes get godly wisdom he said, That's, that is what you need. And here he's just pleading with him. Now, what is wisdom? Well, we've already said this two weeks ago. I gave you a definition, so I'm just going to remind you of it uh, today. Godly wisdom is wisdom that is the ability to think, uh, speak, and act in a skillful way that pleases God no matter the circumstances. It's the ability to think, act, and speak in a skillful way that pleases God regardless of the circumstances. He goes, guys, this is your compass in life, okay? Wisdom is like your compass, and this is what you're gonna use to navigate life. You've got to get godly wisdom. Get wisdom, and here is Solomon. He's like, chase it, pursue it, go after it. Hey, dad, when you drop your kid off to college, how are you gonna know that they're gonna survive and not go off the rails? Well, they're gonna, they gotta have a compass called wisdom that directs them. How are you gonna know when you take her off to school or drop her off in that apartment and she's on her own, how do you know that they're gonna be able to make it in life? You're not gonna be there to tell them what to do all the time. They have to have this compass called godly wisdom. So he said, you've got to get wisdom. And Solomon, he's just saying, listen, you gotta chase it, you gotta pursue it, you go go after it. In fact, it's interesting all the way through the book of Proverbs, wisdom is portrayed as a woman, as a beautiful woman. We saw her in Proverbs chapter one. Remember, she's at the city gate. She's at the street. She's calling out. And so here he is. He, he says, you got to chase her. Look at what it says. You got to, verse seven, cherish her and embrace her. Verse six, you got to love her. Remember his audience. He's talking to a young uh, man, right? And he's like, all right, just like you're infatuated with that girl and you're chasing her, you're just like a young guy can't think of anything but his girlfriend and wants to talk, text her all the time and go over to her house all the time and be with her all the time. He said, that's how you need to chase after wisdom. He said, if you will seek wisdom like that, if you'll love her, if you'll embrace her, if you'll chase after her, if you will love her, then look at what she'll do. She'll guard you, verse six. She'll honor you, verse eight. She'll give you favor, verse nine. It's going gonna, gonna to pay off for you if you ask the question, what is wise? Now, by the way, he's not talking to me here about just uh, human wisdom. He's not talking about what's wise in your eyes. It's godly wisdom. In fact, right in the margin of your Bible, write this, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In other words, where wisdom begins, what is the foundation of wisdom, the source of wisdom comes from God. 
that God is the one that gives you wisdom to navigate through life. And so fathers, what you need to do if you want to encourage your kids to get wisdom is you help them get a hold of who God is. Help them know who Christ is because he is the one that gives wisdom. Colossians 2 says, in Christ are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So the more you know God, the more you have his wisdom. The more you pursue Christ, the more you have godly wisdom to navigate through life. He becomes your very compass. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so he said, listen, the first thing, the first life lesson, and the first thing that a father needs to instruct his children is in spiritual things. Now, I know a lot of times guys go, well, you know, but see, that, that's my problem. I don't really know the Bible that well, and I don't really wouldn't know what to say, and my wife's the one that knows all the verses, and I don't know all the verses, and I, I just feel so inadequate. Guys, you have a voice. Use it. Have spiritual conversations. You don't, have to, you don't have to know everything, but you can always direct them to the Lord. You can always read your Bible and then share something that you learned. You can share your mistakes and point them toward godly outcomes. Listen, use your voice. The first lesson is to get godly wisdom. Then he, he pivots to a second call to listen. Look at verse 10. Listen, my son, there it is. Accept my words and, and you will live many years. I'm teaching you the way of wisdom. I'm guiding you on straight paths. Underline the, those words, straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Don't let it go. Guard it, for it is your life. So here's the father and he's, he's calling his son to listen again to him. And he says, I'm pointing you down a good path. Hey, sons and daughters, listen up. Your father, this is going to be a Captain Obvious, but your father has gone down the road a little further than you have. True or false? True or false? He's down the road a little further than you. And if he's a little down the road a little further than you, then maybe he knows where the potholes are. And maybe he knows where the hazards are. And maybe he's just lived life long enough to see how one thing is promised and how it really plays out. And so the reason why God gives your father a voice is because his voice is always to warn you for your good. It's not so he can keep you from having a good time. It's not because so, he's against you in some way, but he is there to warn you and to help you so that like he just said here in this verse, so that you don't trip and you don't fall and you don't suffer the consequences. And listen, sometimes a father warns you because he's actually made those mistakes. And he's felt the pain of it. And he's suffered because of it. And he loves you and he doesn't want you to suffer. So he says, listen, 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 my son. I've been down that road. Listen to me. And now he's going to give the second major life lesson. The first one was to get godly wisdom. Now here's the second one. Avoid bad influences. Avoid bad influences. Look at verse 14. He said, keep off the path of the wicked. Don't proceed on the way of evil ones. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it and pass it by. For they can't sleep until they have done what is evil. They are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. 
They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that's shining brighter and brighter until midday. But the way of the wicked is like the darkest gloom. And they don't know what makes them stumble. Listen, I really believe that this is one of the keys to living a successful life. Listen, probably one of the top, uh, top things you need to understand about how you will end up in life is this right here. Uh, if, I, if I could, in every one of your Bibles, circle, star, highlight, I would point it to this one. Because here's what he's saying. Listen, son, if you hang out with good people and you hang out with godly people that love the Lord and you hang out with people that are wise, then guess what? You're going to start thinking like them and you're going to start acting like them and you're going to turn out to be a good, godly, wise person. That's just what is going to happen in your life. But if your best friends are people that do not know Christ and your best friends are people that do not make wise choices and your best friends are people that, that, that do not have the same values that align with God's word, then guess what? You're going to start thinking and acting like them. And they're going to lead you down this road. And he said, don't go with them. Don't hang out with them. You've got to have godly influences in your life. You've got to have them. Solomon warns. He goes, I mean, just look how he describes them. He says they, they, they can't sleep until they're trying to trip somebody up. They can't, they can't uh, sleep at night until they're leading somebody astray. What their food and their wine is, what satisfies, what's craving for them is simply to do the things that are not godly. Why would you want to hang out with them? You're better than that. I used to tell that to, to my girls when they would, somebody would want to go, hey, hang out. I would go, no, 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 you're better than that. Don't hang out with them. You're not to be with them. No, you can't go to that with them. Nope. You're better than that. And that's exactly what Solomon is saying. Uh, listen, I, you've heard me say this before. And if God allows me to continue to pastor here, you, I guarantee you will hear me say this again. Okay? Repetition is good. Amen? Who you befriend is who you become. Who you befriend is who you become. Say it with me. Who you befriend is who you become. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that's exactly what Solomon is saying. Do not go down that road. Because he said it will be difficult for you. I had a friend in high school and we hung out together. We were in certain productions together. We went to church together, mission trips together. After high school, we kind of went different directions as, as, do, as you do with most of your high school friends. And I really kind of lost contact. Then all of a sudden, I found him on, on Facebook or Instagram and saw some of his posts and realized that he actually lives in this area. We thought, oh, that's cool. But again, we had not crossed paths in decades and uh, until last fall. Last fall, he came to an event and I was shocked to see him and seen him forever. And we hugged and I said, hey, man, it's great to see you. And gosh, how long has it been? It's been crazy time. And I said, man, we need, to, we need to get together, reconnect. I'll buy you lunch. And he was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, that sounds good, man. I'm kind of super busy right now. But maybe, maybe in a couple of months, things will die down and we'll get together. I thought, all right, great. Just let me know. And the next thing I heard was from another friend that this guy I just reconnected with had taken his life. 
And I, I called his dad just to offer con- my condolences. And I said, I'm so sorry. Goodness, I don't know what to say. I'm just so sorry for what you've been through. And he said, yeah, Craig. He said, he just, he's, you so he just had a hard time finding his way. This is what Solomon is saying. Do you hear him? He's saying, if you hang out with these folks, it's going to lead you down this wrong path. The, the path of the righteous, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter, just like the dawn. It starts off dark, but then the sun just rises, and you see more, and you see more, and you see more, and you perceive what's right and wrong better, and you're walking in the light of God. But he said, if you go down this road with these people that are trying to influence your life, it's going to lead you down the path, what Solomon calls, calls the path of darkest gloom. And it will harm you. So avoid it. Don't go down it. Don't look at it. Don't consider it. Go your other way. Tell you what, it's so easy to just kind of peer down that path, right? People say, oh, come on, man. It's no big deal. Hang out with us after work. We're going to go there. We're going to hang out here. Come on. It's going to be awesome. And it's so easy to gonna lean that direction. Sometimes it's not even that overt. Sometimes it's just you're just scrolling on your Instagram or your Facebook. And all of a sudden, boop, here's a little video. And it'd be just easy to click it and watch it. So you're like, I guess I could click it and watch it. What harm would that be, right? And then you hear the voice of the Father Turn away from it. Don't go down it. Go your own way. You're that opportunity to hang out with these people. You hear the voice of the Father. Don't go down there. Don't, don't go that direction. See, he's, he's saying, I know where that path leads. I've been down the road a little further than you. So the life lesson, he says, is you got to get godly wisdom and you got to avoid bad influences in your life. That's the heart of the Father. And then look at this last call. This is the third call to listen. By the way, isn't it interesting that he calls him to listen three times? What does that tell us? You got to ask your kids and call your kids to listen more than once, right? Hey, listen up. Uh, hey, listen up. Hey, listen up. Hey, listen up. I mean, we're constantly calling them. Hey, over here, turn your face toward me. Listen to your father, right? It's an ongoing process. Look at it. Call to listen. Number three, verse 20. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to the one to one's whole body. Underline the words, they are life. He's like, my son, what I'm telling you is life and death stuff. So don't ignore me. Don't let this go in one ear and out the other. What I'm telling you is important to your life. And then he gives us the last, the last life lesson. Here it is. First one, get godly wisdom. Second one, avoid bad influences. Here's a third life lesson. Guard your heart. Look at verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it is a source of life. Don't let your mouth speak deceitfully. Don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look Forward, fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. He said, listen here, listen to me, son. I'm pouring out my heart. I'm your dad. I love you. I've been down this road. I I, I want what's best for you. So listen to me, listen to me. You got to guard your heart. 
You understand that? You got to guard it. You got to put a shield around your heart. What is the heart? It is the core of who you are. It's the core of your, it's the center of your passions and your desires. It is the, it's the center of your identity. It is who you are on the inside. You got to guard it. Why? Because there are all these influences that are going to come after you. And so you got to guard your heart. Why? Because out of your heart is going to come your life. And if your heart, my son, is, is soft toward the Lord and open toward God and easy to be taught and instructed, then out of that will flow the way you parent and the way you do your marriage and the way you have your career. All of it will flow out godliness. But if your heart is hard toward the Lord, if your heart is cold toward God, if your heart is distant, if your heart is corrupt, then everything else will be corrupted. So you've got to guard, son, guard it. Son, guard your heart. You hear the, the father speaking, pleading? Guard your heart. And you may say, well, how do I do that? I mean, how do I, how do I guard my heart? And boy, there's, we could do a whole sermon on this, but I don't have time for it. But let me just point out really quickly. He says, watch what you say. Watch what you say. Look at verse 14. Don't, don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. What, what comes out of your mouth comes out of your heart. Jesus said in Luke uh, 6.45, what you say flows from what is in your heart. So watch what you say. Here's another thing. Watch what you see. You look, at, look at verse 24. Uh, or verse 25. Let your eyes look forward. Watch what you see. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6.22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye are he is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. In other words, what comes in through your eye imprints on your heart. That's why you can't just let your eyes roam online nonstop. You, you've got to guard what you see and, and cover your eyes because it impacts your heart. And then lastly, watch, your, watch where you go. Look at what he says in verse uh, 26. Be careful to consider the path of your feet. Don't let your feet turn toward evil. So it, it's almost like he's saying, listen, if you want to guard your heart, you've got to guard what you see. If you want to guard your heart, you've got to guard uh, where you go. And, and if you really want to guard your heart, you've got to guard what you say. I heard somebody say one time, this is the reason why the tongue is imprisoned behind the bars of ivory in your mouth. Just don't say it, Right? God saw it as so dangerous, he put it in a cage. So, so you hear the father, he's like, son, guard your heart. Hear the, hear the heart of the father, his words, his voice, father's voice. And, he, and he's steering his son away from danger and toward life. And he's speaking out these big life lessons that will save him if he will just listen. Son, Seek godly wisdom. Put the Lord first in your life. Son, stay away from these people that will lead you down the wrong road. Get some godly friends that will encourage you in your walk with God. And son, more than anything, guard your heart. Guard your eyes, your mouth, your feet. Guard your heart. Because out of that will flow everything you do. Several years ago, we hosted an event for men called uh, Letters from Dad. And it was a great event. I remember just being inspired by the discipline of writing letters to my kids. They encourage you to write letters, even a, a final letter, because you don't know when you're going to pass. So to write a letter uh, 
to your kids to, to read upon your passing. They had uh, lots of other things. Uh, kind of what I took away from that was the importance of writing letters to my daughters, especially in, on big occasions. So really from that point on, I would write a letter at birthdays. There was always a, a birthday letter. Uh, then of course, uh, there were letters on the first day of school. Uh, there was a letter on a wedding day that I determined I would read to her, bad idea. I cried all the way through it. I had to have a support group around me just to get through reading this letter. But when a father writes a letter, it's like his voice in print. You can read it again and again and again. It's a real treasure. This father, his words have been preserved for us. But I want you to consider this. You have a heavenly father that has written a letter to you, and that is this book. And in it are his instructions of how to have life. And listen, if, if his written word wasn't enough, then he sent his own son, the living word, Christ, to come and dwell among us and to reveal to us the Father. The real question is not, is the Father speaking? Your Heavenly Father. It's, are you listening? Listen to your Father. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? The simple gospel is that when you and I were wayward and distant from God, wicked to the core, going our own way, we had replaced the glory of God for our own pursuits and our own desires. When we deserve judgment for the things that we've done wrong and the rebellion of our own heart that God sent his own son, Jesus. And Jesus came to reveal the Father. He was the Father's voice. The Father's voice that said, Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they're as red as crimson, they can be as wool. The Father's voice that had echoed through every prophet in the Old Testament. The Father's voice that had echoed and boomed from Mount Sinai. The Father's voice that had constantly gone out, calling the people back, was finally in human flesh. Jesus. God in flesh, the voice of the Father speaking to us. And he went to a cross and on that cross all your sin was paid for by the blood of Jesus. An atoning sacrifice was paid for you because he loves you. He died. His body was put into a tomb. Three days later, he rose again from the dead, offering forgiveness and new life to all who would turn and listen to him. Jesus said, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who is greater than all, has given them to me. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And even now, his voice goes out to his wayward kids come to me and you can be washed clean come to me and you can start over come to me your heavenly father loves you
and has made it possible for you to be reconciled to him. And so maybe today, if you are unsure of your relationship with your heavenly father, then you can be made right with him today. All has been done. All has been paid. All you have to do is turn to him. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Maybe your, your heart is, even now you realize you need to be reconciled with your heavenly father. You realize you're wayward from him right where you're seated. I want you to just pray this simple prayer with me. It's not, it's not in the prayer. It's not in the, in the magical words, but it's in your heart toward him. And if your heart is grieving over your sin and your heart is longing for forgiveness and your heart is ready to repent and turn to him, then you can right now. Just confess your sin to him. Tell him, Lord, I, I've sinned against you. I've gone my own way. Just tell him that right where you're seated. Now tell him you believe that Christ died for you and rose again from the dead. Now ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you on the inside. Tell him that you're repenting from your old life to turn to Jesus and him alone. Thank him for his love that never ends. Father, I thank you so much for your grace and your goodness to us. That you are the father that chases after the wayward son and the wayward daughter. And that even now you're speaking just like earthly fathers speak to us and warn us and, and show us the right way that, Father, you are the ultimate father that is, that is speaking to us even now by your spirit that has provided a way for us to be reconciled with you through Christ. And you call us to yourself. So, Father, we're coming home to you. And Lord, I, I thank you for every dad in this room. Lord, I pray you'd fill him with your spirit. Give them courage to use their voice, to speak into their children's lives. And Lord, as sons and daughters, give us a heart to listen to our fathers as we listen to you. We pray this in Jesus' name.